You are listening to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Once again, we're back tonight like we never left. How is all my listeners doing tonight? This is podcast number five. Let's get physical. Tonight we're talking about physically preparing for natural disasters and disaster preparing physically. Tonight, of course, we have myself, Rashida, and my wonderful host, Michelle. Good evening. Um, Yes, it's Michelle. And as Rashida said, we are going to talk about the physical preparedness for disasters. Now, we're talking about um, the, we're talking about being prepared or, or conditioning ourselves for the disaster. So there's a, a, some things that you can do prior, like right now, to just kind of get into conditioning, kind of being, um, enabling yourself to not eat all the time, kind of to be used to not eating. And then when you're in it, there's another aspect of it um, we will discuss, and that is pretty much like rationing and, uh, you know, what you need to do when you're physically in a disaster. And of course, as we always speak about, um, is the recovery. So we're just going to go over some aspects. I mean, of course, being in a disaster, that is a very physical thing. And we've spoken about that in past episodes, just in terms of, you know, the basic fundamentals that comes with being physical or the physical aspect of a disaster. And that is, you, you know, getting your emergency kit yeah. and getting having sheltered and, you having know, food yeah, and and putting it in your car. So those are physical, you know, in essence, but we're actually like talking about the physical strain on your body mm-hmm. and what you can do to prepare and what is needed during the disaster. So, Rashida, you can yeah, so start us, you, please. Yeah, you made a statement and said things that we could do to prepare for those moments where we're not able to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner like we're normally, like we normally do every day. Normally, people have a time where they eat breakfast, a time where they eat lunch, and a time when they eat dinner. Correct. But when natural disasters and things like that happen, that throws off the whole order of things. Mm -hmm. So our bodies, we need to condition it to not being able to eat whenever we want it to eat, but to eat when we need to eat. So um, to start off, we'll go into fasting. So fasting is one thing that helps with conditioning the body on knowing when to eat when you're hungry and how to condition it to not be hungry when you're not able to eat, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So one one form of fasting is the 16-8th fasting regimen. It's like a method of fasting. So what you do is you fast for 16 hours a day. And you eat for the rest of the time of the day. So each day you block off 16 hours where you fast. And then the remaining hours of the day you eat. So are you saying this for a period of time? Like is this an exercise that should be done for a period of time? Yeah, you know what I mean? Are you yeah, saying like you do can, this for a month? Like why not try this for try a month? Try it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just try it. These are just different things you can try. Like for example, right now I myself... I'm conditioning myself to eat between the hours of four and six only. Just generally for your own fitness. In my own, own health. health. Correct. Right. So, and during that time of disasters, I, my body and my mind can also be conditioned. Exactly. With eating during that time. So, here's the thing. You know, I eat, well, some people call it, call it intermittent, intermittent, mm-hmm. intermittently, intermittently fasting. fasting. Yeah. 
And I do that, so that's every other day I eat. But I have to tell you, my coworkers and people around me look at me like I'm absolutely yeah. crazy, and they're like, well, what are you doing? But I say that because I think it's a hard sell for people to try to get them to fast. And I think, again, we're trying to bring about a mindset for a bigger picture. Right. And it's it's an easy, I know I was looking up, it's an easier one that a lot of people are doing it now, and that's eating when the sun goes down. So like like, like Muslims yeah like Lebanon. Muslims yeah so they're conditioning themselves to know okay when the sun goes down I'm gonna eat so that's kind of simpler more simplified than actually fasting for that and whole even that it would be helpful yeah be helpful for conditioning for a, a major disaster or right. a disaster so okay so fasting so what are we saying try this as an exercise try this as for, an exercise for for your own a month. health for a month start up yeah. I guess, yeah, a month. I I guess a month is Just to see that you can do it because, again, I have coworkers and friends, and they're just like, oh, if they don't eat three meals a day squarely, they're like, I have a headache. Um, And during disasters, you can't be, you know, you can't allow yourself, allow your hunger to overtake your whole body. Some, You know, like when you get hungry sometimes, you start to get a headache because you're so hungry. You start to get lethargic because you think you're so hungry. Your stomach starts to hurt and things like that. And the worst time to do that would be in a disaster. Right, so it's conditioning yeah. of your mind and body to be in tune. So that's basically what um, fasting is about. Okay, so again, what was what was your first form? So the 16-8th method is fasting for 16 hours and then eating for the remaining um, hours, 16-17. Eight hours. Okay. So eating for eight hours, fast for sixteen. Eating um, for eight hours. You have that window. Oh, ah. Yep. Stretch. You have that stretch. Is it okay? Yep. So eating you, within within eight that hours. within that eight, eight hour hours. stretch, okay. you have that. But that sixteen hours before that, you don't eat anything during that sixteen hours. Okay. Um, alternate day fasting where you fast every other day, and that's kind of what um, Michelle was saying that she does. Um, and eat, stop, eat is when you do a twenty-four hour fast once or twice a day. Now, that's on next level. But that's like a 24-hour fast once or twice a day. What, what do you mean? So, like, it's Monday through Friday. Uh-huh. I fast for 24 hours on Tuesday and Thursday. Oh, okay. I, t- I fast for, 20, you know, 24 hours on Monday and Friday. Or whatever the case may be. I could do that. <laughs> and then, of course, what I said before, eat when the sun goes down. Okay. Yeah, okay. so those are a couple that, you know, all our listeners can try out with and let us know. How it goes, Have you, if you see any improvement within your mind, your body, and yourself. And again, it's conditioning because we have a mindset, especially here in America, that we have to eat three square meals a day and keep the organs in your body right. operating and working all the time. So no, again, with any aspect of preparedness, it's a mindset. So you just got to shift your mind. And really, this, this helps with conditioning for a disaster, but it helps health-wise as well. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're preppers, so we're not necessarily doing this. I don't eat every other day right. for, as a prepper. As a prepper, but just but in general, for the long run. But it does supplement my being a prepper as right. well. So, it'll, it'll be a good payoff if you do try it. Yep. What do you got next? So, next we are going into what everybody loves exercising ah we're talking about fitness the fitness aspect 
of physical preparation. And that's a saying I always say, 30 minutes a day keeps the doctors away. So studies show that 30 minutes of exercise a day helps with, um, you know, maintaining your body's health and maintaining your physical physique um, and helping with your metabolism, um, helping with any health problems that you have with muscle tone and everything like that. 30 minutes a day will help strengthen that. Now, the 30 minutes doesn't have to be a full-on 30-minute run. You can switch it up with 30 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of weight lift, 30 minutes of walking on a treadmill, whatever the case may be. Everybody, like you said, everybody likes different things. <laughs> and here's why. And here's why we're talking about doing this. We're talking about doing this, the, the actual exercise and the actual physical um, aspects in terms of preparedness is because when you consider a disaster, you have to consider what you'll go through. Right. So it's not like you're going to have a disaster. I mean, we've had disasters where, you know, you have the blizzards and people are at home and they're kind of cuddled up, right. looking at TV, <laughs> looking at yeah. Netflix. And, you know, if there's a disaster and there's something to do, that's the best disaster to have in a sense. But if it's a disaster like we've seen on the scale of a lot of disasters that's happening, like in California, yeah. people are fleeing their mm -hmm. homes. Um, and, oh, you know what? I totally forgot to do and I wanted to do when we opened up. What's up? It's take a moment of silence for the um, lives of those Muslims that were... The, under a terrorist attack yesterday in yeah, New yesterday. Zealand and um, I actually saw the video. Did you see the video? Um, the video that I seen was moments while the dawn was being said and yeah. the moments right before the um, attacker started the shooting. I think I saw from mm -hmm. actually um, your father okay. a video and um, it was it was very graphic. Actually, I hear they're trying to take it off of any social media mm. sites, but it's very graphic. It's of the terrorist, um, the shooter, and it's showing him getting the rifle out of his car. Oh, it's wow. not even a rifle. It's like a UK, whatever those yeah, automatic rifles are. Wow. He was taking it out, and he was loading the clip, and he just went in at the door and just went in shooting mm. And so they really didn't have a chance. So can we take a moment of silence? And again, my apologies because I did want to open up the show with this. Alrighty, so we'll jump back into the segment right now. Um, we're talking about, again, exercising and conditioning the physical body. Oh, yeah. So to finish that point, so you're, you're, you're running, and I, and I, that's what brought that up, because you're running or you're fleeing, you're either carrying stuff. And running isn't easy. Running is not easy. No. Especially when with your somebody like my knee. And your adrenaline is high. Your adrenaline is high. Heart rate is pumping. Cortisol, what is it, your cortisol levels are high. Mm -hmm. And that only lasts for a little while, so it'll carry you, like it'll, it'll help you give you strength, but that only lasts a little while. Because the, when, the, when the crash happens after your adrenaline settles, that's when the problem really occurs. Yeah. So... I mean, remember you have your your B.O.B. Yeah, your, and uh, go bags are not light. 
not at it all. It is not like a fanny pack. So you're carrying <laughs> that, and you, you, you have yeah. a child. To, yeah, because you, know. you. What if you have to carry your son or your daughter or your baby in the harness or on your back or whatever the case may be? The children are heavy. You got your, 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 your um, emergency bag mm-hmm. with you. Walking long distances as well. You have to because walk sometimes, for miles. Yeah, if you to have get to away vacate, from, exactly. You have to walk to the safest area, and who knows how far that is. Exactly. And the elements that you're walking through plays plays a major part. It's very true. You might have to carry water. Mm-hmm. You might have to carry gallons of water. Yep. Um, and you may have to scale a wall. Who knows? Who knows? And Who knows? most people are running from a disaster. Right. So, and we were talking about flooding. Running in water is the hardest, is one of the hardest things. Yeah. So when you're, you think of something as simple, but not simple, but as a flood, and you having to walk or run through that water to get to where you have to go, consider this. So that means you have to be conditioned, because you can't be conditioned in the, in the disaster. No. Like you, you can't. And you don't want to get exhausted. You don't want to be like in the horror films and, and just kind of fall out. And you fall back and that's the end. Yeah, you're falling. <laughs> and that's the end of the story because that's not a survivalist story. Right. So you're going to really have to condition different parts of your your body. Building you your stamina. and endurance. And your strength. Your yep. strength, your power, if you would. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some cases your speed. Yep. Um, and if you have any health issues, you want to see how far you can take that. I have, I myself have um, asthma, mm-hmm. and but I walk, so I know how far I can go. Right. Sometimes I might not take my. Um, well, I don't have to take it. Mine is as needed, actually. But I want to stretch that sometimes, just to kind of see under what level of endurance that I, I have can go that out. Yeah, that before I, can go I need like severe I assistance. Need, yeah, and that's the mindset. You know, a prepper's mindset. Got you. So, so basically, cardio and weightlifting plays a major part, builds that stamina and that strength mm-hmm. to endure during natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And to I guess to go backwards, but still go forward. Um, I was looking online with um, a bunch of, you know, like superfoods that you could eat when sheltering in or when when going on the go. Things that you can have with you while you're making that walk, Mm -hmm. that long stretch, while you're trying to get to your destination. Um, And the things that I'm about to list off, listeners, make sure you have a pen and paper, is good for children and adults. So, like, for example, blueberries is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be refrigerated. And they can be room temperature, but they don't have to be refrigerated to eat. So have blueberries in the house, in the refrigerator, okay? Or on your person. Or on your person while you're traveling. Blueberries are fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Granola is always good. (laughs) Um, Pieces of ginger. And I know a lot of people, like Michelle, she eats the ginger candy. Ginger helps with energy. It helps with toxins in your body. Um, and it helps with your immune system as well. So pieces and, of ginger and inflammation, and 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 you know, yeah, nausea. If mm-hmm. you in a disaster after your adrenaline yeah, has kicked in or what have you, yeah, it definitely helps with no. And it helps um, asthmatics as well. See, ginger. Ginger is a good one. Is that soup, what do you call it? A superfood? Yeah, okay. superfoods. <laughs> um, a can cans of salmon and sardines. The reason why I said that is because salmon cans. 
you can eat straight out the can. Exactly. You know, you don't have to have mayonnaise and salt and pepper every time you eat it. Although that would be nice. <laughs> right. But you can eat that out of the can, yeah. and that's a sustainable um, food that you can eat to continue your day. It has high, it has enough sodium, but it's natural sodium from the salt. Um, you have protein from iron. the fish. You iron. Have iron. And yeah. Yep. So you have those different elements of that. Of course, any protein bar that you prefer. Every everybody has a protein bar that they like, and all one. protein yeah. bars are different. Yeah. So like me personally, I haven't found one that I like yet, but Michelle have does have one that she does like. I'll have one for you. Okay. <laughs> um, and jerky. You know, I, whenever <laughs> when I was young, whenever I thought about disaster planning, I always thought about jerky because that was like the staple food for like disasters. And it is. It's what <laughs> most most preppers recommend. And they have a lot. And of And nowadays they have dried. salmon jerky. Yeah. And they have turkey jerky for mm. those people. You know that have don't you eat meat. The, the salmon I have jerky? my husband actually eat salmon jerky on a regular. How is it? Have it's you tried tastes it? Tastes like. Straight up salmon. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like straight up but it's salmon, edible. but it's edible. It's, it's not edible. disgusting, but it literally tastes like fish. Yeah, you would only do it in emergency. Yes, but he <laughs> likes it during non-emergency. So hey, everybody's different. Different strokes. Uh, oatmeal. Oatmeal. This oatmeal. is this is shelter in, right? Yes, okay. oatmeal is definitely shelter in. Okay, but the other ones you can have those on the go. You can have salmon cans on the go, ginger mm-hmm. on the go, things mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. oatmeal definitely because you're gonna need hot or warm water to make it. Of course, it's a good thing because it sticks to your ribs. Um, it helps you to be kind of full mm-hmm. during times of disaster, so you can you know continue on with your day. And that's just to name a few. Okay. Yeah, that's what you have. Okay, and I would like to just add to that. Um, some of the things that you can do right now to prepare and get yourself in some level of conditioning is yoga. Go take yoga. some yoga classes for yoga flexibility. Um, and that's prep, again, conditioning. Of course, go get in your treadmill mm-hmm. and just run, try to get some endurance up and some speed up and see if you can... Um, you know how long you can stay on the treadmill with an incline without an incline you know doing Listen, in, doing inclines or let me tell you about inclines <laughs> so i had to get my car you know service today mm-hmm. you know that my son said i said well i was talking to him on the phone i said well okay i'm about to call a lift I'm, i'll leave the car here i'll call the lift he was like no walk home <laughs> <laughs> he's like my pseudo trainer and i said you know what? Why not? It's a nice day. Uh-huh. Let me do it. I went and got my eternal water. I have right. a bottle, as you said, some things to help you in the water. Right. The walk was long enough. <laughs> but the probably was the incline. Night, it was the incline. the incline. I was go. I was fine, and then I saw the, the street going up easy. like this. Yes, walking on the treadmill and walking in general is better when you have a level playing field. Oh yes, yeah, but easy. usually you it's don't. Easy. Walking up hills, walking down hills. My that's walk when the real... became uneasy when I saw that <laughs> incline. I was like, that's when the real work happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> definitely consider walking. That's another thing that you know. Definitely walk. Try to walk as um, far as you can. Because, again, um, in a disaster, you could be walking for hours. And definitely get your children involved, too. I know a lot of our listeners are probably adults. But definitely get your children involved, too, because your children are going to be the person that has to walk those walks with you as well. Yeah. Depending on their age. So definitely think about that. Make it a family physical fitness day or something. I mean, not a day. You should do this on a consistent basis. 
try hiking. Yeah, hiking uh, is good. Try camping, camping, which is again something we have to Where try. Where you can practice. Yeah, it's a good practice. It's a good practice in preparation for disasters. Camping is really good. Yeah, and jogging, and you know, just your your you should be exercising anyway. Uh, yes. We all should, and so of course, just put this other stuff of uh, uh, conditioning in your routine, mm-hmm. your exercise routine. Like we always said in the beginning, take little steps. In planning and preparing so that you're, you know, you're super ready yeah. for when that disaster comes. Yeah. So I think if you put these things in place, then you can, you won't be, you, you will have a survivalist mindset as you go into the disaster. So we just said, what, the, the exercise? Exercise. The fitness the aspect. fitness aspect of it. The um, diet. The diet. The fasting. Fasting, conditioning your mind and your body not to eat when it, when we're used to eating. Yeah. So, yeah, just throwing your body out of its comfort zone, basically. I would say, I would like to add that there are, when a disaster happens, you're going to engage your um, shelter. It's it's something that's always, that's in the forefront in a disaster. The next thought is usually food. You're going to have to engage with food, um, water. This is what this is like the biggest component Definitely of uh, disaster preparedness. Sanitation. Yeah. Sanitation, um, cleaning yourself, using a restroom and things like that. And burying the waste mm-hmm. and what have you. And sometimes in honestly the dead. Yeah. And um, your first aid. And that's gonna go with in the disaster and recovery yes well in that first aid of course we know that goes in our um our first aid kits is a good thing for that too that definitely should go in our go bags and you know yeah okay so another thing um i think when we spoke about the food aspect is one thing to consider now when we're talking about the physicality of it all is you have the food you're sheltered in mm-hmm. or you're wherever evacuated mm-hmm. now we have to discuss even though we did discuss fasting is rationing mm-hmm. rationing is basically the amount that we're giving to either ourselves or those that are with us so that it lasts as long as got to stretch it we're trying to stretch it and so what comes with that there's a process with that to that you can you know use for preparedness is the first thing is take stock of what you have, especially if you're sheltering in. If you're sheltering in, just get everything together uh, food-wise and just look at it and just kind of start organizing it and um, see, you know, again, what you have. And then you have to do the math of how many people that you're that, trying to yeah, feed. that are going to eat off of that food supply that you have mm-hmm. and how long you have until you're able to re-up on that supply yes um also let me say this in terms of the other thing that you need to do is you need to count your calories and i don't mean it i mean you know like the weight thing but you each person i mean everybody needs a certain amount of calories to to maintain maintain energy Mm -hmm. and i'll just give you a quick Facts of pen and paper time. Yeah, of um, the minimum amount of calories that are needed. So for a male, just like a, a young male, thirty-five 
40. A male, um, about 1,700 calories is needed in a day. A female, adult female, about 1,328, 1,328. Um, an elderly person, an elderly male, they need about 1,400, like 1,400, 1,475. Uh, elderly female, about 1,600. Okay. You got your teen males, about 1,655. Your teen females, about 1,486. So the elderly and the, the uh, teens are pretty much close in terms of the calories needed to sustain them. And then you have your babies. Mm -hmm. And a baby or a toddler can range from like 500 to a thousand calories that they that's needed on a daily basis so if you're shut in and you have your food in terms of rationing now you want to look into after you have everything organized now you want to look into how many calories you can pull out of that food supply got it you know what i mean Makes so you're not sense. eating just to eat you're right. eating, you're eating to, to survive mm -hmm. yeah okay so again you, you can do that um per meal if you would just kind of calculate that for each person's meal and when you do so make it as balanced as possible so that um calorie number intake is that stretched through a, a whole day's period of yes. food okay mm -hmm. not just one setting correct got it all right and in a rationing situation or scenario makes sense okay yeah so i guess we move on to our next segment The question of the day. So tonight, our question of the day is, caller, how do I plan for disasters for someone with a physical disability? That is a good question. So first, let me start off by saying, depending on the physical disability, um, determines the type of preparation you need for that person. So for example, if you have an older person or a younger person or someone in general that has a medical physical disability, then when it comes to medical, it usually involves a certain type of diet or a certain type of medication that has to be taken through that 24 hour period. So with preparing for that, you should always have weeks or a back stock of that medicine just in case you aren't able to refill that medicine and most likely during disasters we're not able to go to our local drugstore or our local pharmacy and restock on that medication that we need so we should always have in stock weeks supply of medicine for an emergency now the storage of that medicine it all depends some can be stored non-refrigerated some can has to be refrigerated it all depends on what type of medication it is now with medication that has to be stored refrigerated that's when the ice packs and preparing um ice packs and um heating pads and all those different things that's when that comes into play dried ice yep okay. because that's where you will store that medication that medication will be stored with food that you're trying to preserve for your sheltering in or your evacuation so and that's one thing that i always do i always have like these ice packs 
in my freezer. Yep. Just put them in there. Like, go get some and just have them in and there. And just have them in yeah. there. And always rotate. I know in the beginning, we touched a little bit about rotating food to make sure that the food is still edible during a certain amount of time. That goes the same thing with medication. We should rotate that medication. If it has an expiration date, because you got a large stock, you know that you need to rotate that medication out. So each time the expiration date is up to date with the period of time that you won't be able to get a new stock. Um, and lastly, when it, um, physical disabilities also can be unable to walk or unable yeah, to be like mobile. a really disabled person. Yeah, like somebody who's wheelchair, paraplegic, or, or yeah. it, it could be anything. When it comes to things like that, I know wheelchairs can have different tractions. Um, you can put a snow track type of traction on a wheelchair, a wheelchair, a ice type of traction. It's just you just have to research what type of parts that you could put on your wheelchair to make it durable during those different natural disasters out in the elements. And then in a mitigative aspect, you might want to consider getting a ramp built. Yeah, and I mean I think if you have someone with long-term disability, you You're pretty much prepared. have that kind of in place. Yeah. Um, sheltering but, in definitely yeah definitely, definitely for sheltering definitely in. for sheltering but if you have to flee like you know you, you want to kind of consider and consider. these are these practice exercises we're talking about because yeah. even as we spoke back um on exercise you might have to carry, carry somebody them. yeah they have you might backpacks. have to carry a, and i hate to keep saying this but I, i've seen it in so many scenarios you may have to put somebody's body over your shoulder yeah. just to move them to, you know, when we really get into preparation, there's a place, a way to handle mm -hmm. the deceased or the dead. Yeah. So you might have to kind of carry and drag, and, and a dead body is yeah. weighty. And so, it's weighty. And someone with a physical disability, they're unable to maintain their weight, so they become weighty they're too. They're very weighty. So it's all about preparing. So I would say to anyone who has a disabled person, we will go into further into disabled uh preparedness yep, or preparedness for disabled we will go into that um we touch on it in our uh aftermath workshops and workshops mm -hmm. but there there are some things you can really go into like, go in depth about and uh, we're just kind of talking on the surface of it mm -hmm. but if you do have a disabled person your mindset has to be ready for that as well yep. And so please condition yourself. Condition yourself. Physical uh, disabilities is usually medication and a certain diet involved. Make exactly. sure you stay up to date on those medications and prepare for that different type of diet restrictions that the person needs. And it was good that Michelle went through the calorie intake because that plays a major role with having other people that's relying on you to eat throughout the day. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. All right, so we're moving right along tonight. We're about to jump into the Are You Ready segment of the day. Y'all know that this segment is about current events and technology that's going on right now in the world. So I'm going to turn it over to my host, Michelle, which you going to let us know. So I'm still on non-electric devices. And um, this week it is the camping stove. Now, you need to cook. And um, I think we spoke about, again, aftermath is as preparedness. We have a survival food yeah. that we sell. And with that survival food, it only all you have to do is tear it open, add hot, hot water, water to it. 
and then you can just eat, eat it with a spoon. Yep. It's it's really survivalist food. But to do that, you will need some hot water. Right. Um. So, um, the device that I have is the camping stove. And the camping stove is like a portable stove, and it's really miniature, guys. Now this one, I mean, we could go, we can run a range, yeah. we can run a gamut of the types. You could go. You saw some of the prices, like you could go get a five hundred dollar little stove. Hey, and you can have a whole chef setup out there if you want to. I choose to be very minimal, and because I take a practical approach, if I'm leaving, I want my bob bag or my emergency kit to be as manageable as, as possible. So I'm not gonna have too many things in it. So right. I get smaller things. That's just my customization. I get smaller things that are a little bit more practical. Should I have to run, I can throw it in. So I have a camping stove that is small, um, as Rashida said. But a camping stove is usually designed to be portable. It's very lightweight and uh, most campers do it, but definitely survivalists um, have them. Um, so look into that. Um, you, all you need usually is either wood, um, you can use paper for the most part. Uh, you can use the little sternos. Little sternos. sternos. So sternos are like, I guess like they're little metal circles that are filled with um, like wax. a lighter fluid yeah. type wax. Yeah. And all you have to do is just ignite it and it actually stays burnt for hours. Yeah. I think yeah. it's like four plus hours. Yeah. Because they're also used when you do like big catering events, exactly. if that helps anybody. Exactly. So maybe you want to put that in your supplies, have the sternos. All you have to do is light them up and um, you can put it in the stove the portable and warm your water. Michelle, I think we should do like a little live after this of showing people how to set up the stove. I think we I think we should. All I right. think that'll be our bonus. There's yeah. a bonus clip to this <laughs> that you can see on our YouTube. Did you tell people about the YouTube channel? I didn't. So this would be our first video that we'll post on our YouTube oh, channel, everyone. Yeah. So our YouTube channel, look us up, um, Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness on YouTube. And come over to that and we'll show you how to hook up our miniature fire stove yeah we'll be putting more and more vids up so you can see us i mean one day we'll probably go live with the cast with the podcast yeah but for now look us up on youtube yep well thank you thank y'all thank y'all so tonight was wonderful it i was. think we covered a lot of information i, think we sell I hope everybody you know was able to write it down and if not you always can listen back to it and get all the information again and remember let's get physical Mm -hmm. Let's prepare. Yeah. Condition our mind and our body for natural disasters that may happen. And remember, once again, look us up on Facebook. Look Facebook. us up on Instagram, Instagram. YouTube. Ready or not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Like, comment, and share. And remember, we're on all platforms when it comes to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, all of that. So look us up. You have no excuse. And as always, please leave any questions, write your reviews, and give us ratings. Yep. Apple definitely looks for that. I say that all the time. Because <laughs> they love it. Apple loves ratings. And Wish we love them too. Wishing you peace. Thank you for joining us. And remember, we're not here to scare you. We're here to prepare you. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>